Welcome to Aspen Insight from the Aspen Institute. I'm Zach St. Louis. And I'm Marcy Krivenen. On Aspen Insight, Marcy and I travel the halls of the Aspen Institute to learn from the people here who are working to make the world a better place. The Institute's programs bring people together to tackle challenges around health, poverty, politics, and more. Today, we've knocked on the door of our colleague Randall Kempner. He leads Andy, or the Aspen Network of Development Entrepreneurs. Randall told us the world's most entrepreneurial country isn't the United States or any other leading economy. And in fact, Uganda is number one on the list. A lot of that activity is being driven by necessity-based entrepreneurs. It's people that don't really have another choice. He tracks the Global Economic Monitor, which measures the number of startups in countries around the world. He says Ugandans are opportunists in part because of a lack of jobs. About 400,000 young people enter the job market each year and compete for just 9,000 jobs, according to Enterprise Uganda. Andy is working to change this by helping create a support system for small businesses with a goal to lift people out of poverty. In the 1970s, Charles Sabuga was digging trenches and splitting stones as a construction worker near Kampala, Uganda. One day, he realized he could make extra money selling roasted nuts to his co-workers. Selling nuts, uh, I just did it to earn an extra shillings. I, I didn't have an idea that probably in the future it's going to turn out to be a brisk business for me. After the nuts, he began selling cakes. The business succeeded and failed many times over. As a born-again Christian, he saw it as a way to serve and save people. His business took root and became Seseco, a company that now sells soy-based foods like milk and yogurt to supermarkets and schools in Uganda. It exports products to the U.S. and it's expanding to serve refugee camps. I think I'm happy I'm doing it. Not only that, when I look at the, the, the jobs created around, like my company now currently employs over 100 uh, members of staff. Basically, I think I'm happy. Um, uh, I realize that the saving idea is working. Charles' success story is rare. The Global Economic Monitor reports one-fifth of the 10% of Ugandans who start a business close it within a year. Randall Kempner says it's important these businesses not only survive, but flourish. If we can promote entrepreneurship as a tool, we can help businesses thrive in emerging markets that ultimately will help uh, raise poor people out of poverty. Andy's goal is to use entrepreneurship to increase prosperity in developing countries. After all, entrepreneurs are one of the main drivers of long-term job creation. Andy works with 290 organizations, such as USAID, the Ford Foundation, Impact Investing Funds, and other groups that promote entrepreneurship in emerging markets. It's big global work, but let's get granular and zoom in on the markets of Kampala, Uganda's capital, and Gulu, an agricultural region in the north. Andy, along with its partners, launched an initiative to improve the entrepreneurial ecosystems in these areas. In order to help entrepreneurs uh, thrive in emerging markets, it's important to build strong ecosystems that support the financial needs, the human capital needs, the market access needs, the government regulatory needs of entrepreneurs. A team has been examining the landscape for entrepreneurs for a project called the Uganda Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Initiative. Max Walter is one of the investigators. 
So for the last six months, we've been doing uh, the diagnosis part, so which is understanding what the ecosystem looks like and where the gaps are. Max runs the Kampala-based think tank Center for Development Alternatives. It aims to create good jobs in East Africa. He says entrepreneurs operate in a complex ecosystem with considerations like... Where do new business ideas get generated? To where do entrepreneurs and managers get their training? How do they get funded? What's the policy You get the point. Starting a successful business isn't simple anywhere, but in an emerging market, it's even more challenging. Teddy Rouge knows that firsthand. He runs Raintree Farms, a 25-acre operation northwest of Kampala. It's semi-rural, and the Internet can be tricky. Um, yeah, let me try to... Keep the phone pointed at the tower here. I think that might be... With a clear connection, Rouge paints me a picture of his surroundings. We've got a lush green um, landscape here, rolling hills, some some mini mountains around us. Uh, It's a sunny afternoon. I hear Rouge's employees in the background and the gentle hum of his factory where moringa leaves are drying. Raintree Farms exports locally grown moringa olifera. It's a medicinal crop used in beauty products and food. We focus on the leaf powder, so we cultivate the leaf kind of in the same way that tea is uh, cultivated, and uh, we ground that into a fine powder, and that's used in uh, food additives. The factory is a stone's throw from Rouge's mother's home. He started the business to help farmers in the area. At first, finding investment money was tough. Very early on, it was really a squeeze trying to figure out how do you actually build this. Um, And, you know, when you're too early as an African startup, you know, you won't get a lot of people to pay attention to you. Raintree Farms was too small. Funding organizations told him to come back when he was bigger. Luckily, an angel investor stepped in and propelled the business to success. Now it's hard to keep up. He exports products to America and Europe. He's hired more than 80 people and 110 farmers. Raintree is the second largest employer in the area and has a close relationship with its farmers. Any intervention that we do, um, we want to make sure that they benefit first because when they benefit, then we know we get a good crop, we get a good supply chain, and we we get good value uh, at the same time while delivering impact. Yeah, we met him in 2014. Angela Carubo is with Open Capital Advisors, a Nairobi-based management, financial, and advisory firm that was critical to Raintree's success. Angela says they've been working with Teddy for about a year. We helped him prepare a business plan, uh, a five-year articulated strategy for five years. Uh, We prepared a financial model for him, so uh, helped him review his past historical financials. Andy pulled Open Capital into the Uganda Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Initiative effort. The firm provided insights. Angela sees benefits in creating a supportive entrepreneurial ecosystem. One thing I see very that's going to be a very big uh, impact from this initiative is just continuing to create a lot of exposure for the businesses to be more aware of the type of support they can receive, the type of financing they can receive. Listener, I'm taking a quick break to let my friends at the podcast Displaced tell you about their show. It's one I've been listening to a lot. Hello, I'm Greg Gordon. And I'm Ravi Gurumurthy, and we wanted to tell you about a podcast we co-host. It's called Displaced, and we have conversations about the global refugee crisis and ways to go about solving it. 
It's a podcast that's a collaboration between Vox Media and the International Rescue Committee, where Grant and I work. On the show, we have long-form conversations about topics like why we need alternatives to refugee camps, how to understand the use of chemical weapons in Syria, and what should be changed about the ways we provide humanitarian aid to displaced people. So if you're interested in these issues, subscribe to Displaced. Find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Hey, Marcy here. Let's get back to our story. Investors are starting to set up shop in East Africa, but they need guidance on which businesses to support. While there is a lot of energy and quite a lot of players in the field, uh, the vast majority of small businesses are still underserved. Remember Max Walter, the investigator for the Ecosystem Initiative? In his review of Kampala and Gulu's landscapes, he found businesses are coming up against serious challenges. His team asked 170 small and growing businesses about their constraints. A big one? Funding. The amount of money they typically ask for, between 20000 and 100000 U.S. dollars, is not a sum investors are willing to cough up, unless the small business's product has social impact, like creating clean water tablets for poor villages, for example. And the problem is that most small companies in Kampala and in Uganda as a whole don't fit neatly into the kind of social impact categories that these investors uh, look for. Walter argues these businesses do have social impact because they're creating jobs. They just need guidance on how to articulate that. Another problem? Tax evasion. There's a culture of informality in Uganda where business is done with a handshake and entrepreneurs avoid getting licensed because then they'll be taxed. So if you're paying taxes and the shop down the street selling the same products is not, you're obviously at a massive disadvantage. And so there's, a, there's an element of tax evasion that's very understandable, I think. He says small businesses are taxed about the same as large corporations, but only the corporations get tax breaks and tax holidays because of their political influence. His suggestion? Reverse the perceived relationship of mistrust between the government and businesses to one of collaboration. The country's tax authority should work with small businesses, he says, so they understand the tax code and can complete the proper paperwork. Max thinks there's massive untapped potential in Uganda. He wants to see it come to fruition. So there's a huge entrepreneurial energy in Uganda which could be leveraged to create sustainable and inclusive development in the long run. So the million, billion dollar question is how do you foster that kind of entrepreneurship? Sure, there's money to be made, but investment also brings stability and opportunity beyond the office. Pearl Capital Advisors is an impact fund management group that invested in Seseco, the soy food company you heard about earlier. Pearl Capital's Edward Nsingoma says Seseco gained funding partly because of its social impact or ability to create local jobs. Because we believe once any entrepreneur or any business in agriculture grows, the resultant impact is that if it buys more, for example, the soybean business, if it buys more soybean, then the smallholder farmers who are producing soybean are more well off. Just like the farmers he supports, Charles Sabuga has benefited from the growth of his company, Siseco. I've been able to build myself a nice house. I'm driving myself. I've taken my children to school. Some of them, four of them, have graduated. And they're already in, in this 
family business. It's a success story Andy's Randall Kempner thinks is possible for more Ugandans. If you can create companies that thrive, they will create jobs. Uh, and those jobs will, in most cases, be better opportunities than the existing opportunities that exist for poor people in the developing countries. Phase one of Andy's Uganda Entrepreneurial Ecosystem Initiative wrapped up this fall. Phase two, which will implement the strategies laid out in the first phase, will begin later this year. The idea is to create a methodology and strategy other developing countries can follow in the future. To see additional findings the initiative's investigative team found in Uganda's entrepreneurial ecosystem, head to our website, aspeninstitute.org insight. Most of the interviews in this story were conducted on Skype. That's it for today's show. Throughout this season, we'll be telling in-depth stories about our work. And we'll sit down one-on-one with our in-house experts to understand what's happening in the news and around the world. New episodes drop the last Thursday of each month, and watch out for additional bonus episodes. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, and send us your thoughts on Twitter using hashtag Aspen Insight. Aspen Insight is a production of the Aspen Institute, and the Institute is a nonpartisan forum for values-based leadership and the exchange of ideas. Thanks to our colleagues with Andy, who are based in the U.S. and Africa. I'm Zach St. Louis. And I'm Marcy Krivenen. Thanks for listening.